Encore, how are you? Hey, Amby, I am phenomenal. How are you today? I'm good. It's it's a what day is today? Uh, it's past hump day. <laughs> yes, it'll be Thursday. Woo. I don't know what day it is half the time. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for doing this. I'm so excited to have a conversation with you. Well, thank you for having me. Um, yeah, I'm also very excited. I've, yeah. I've caught your other shows, so this this is a treat for me. Yay. Yeah, you're such a good fan. Um, so what inspired you to go into comedy? What mediums do you perform? And how long have you been doing it? Oh, wow. Uh, Three-parter. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's start with the inspiration. Uh, I think, you know, a lot of, same thing with all, all the kids, um, a mix <clears throat> mix of, you know, just being funny as a kid. Um, I think part of that was, I, I was, <clears throat> I was a chubby kid. So it was very much like a survival mechanism <laughs> to uh, not get That's beat up. <laughs> Uh, and then I think after a while, um, you know, I, we moved back to Chicago, uh, you know, maybe seven years ago, approximately. And, you know, Chicago is such a rich comedy scene. So just by taking classes at the IO in Second City, um, and then, you know, the, the credit really goes to one person, uh, my mentor, uh, rest in peace, Michael McCarthy, but he, he really kind of, he, he told me, and he was like one of the first people to believe in me that I could do this as like a vocation, like, you know, uh, <clears throat> turn, turn a hobby into a vocation. So he, you know, <clears throat> he had a lot of experience in Hollywood. He was a writer for 30 years. So like him, him believing me really just, you know, kind of set it off, uh, so yeah, that's that's kind of how it happened. Um, the mediums I perform in uh, generally vary, but I, I started off as like very much a hardcore writer, um, and then you know I didn't do a lot of improv. I think I was pulled into the community just because I was taking writing classes, but I wasn't right. like in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I wasn't. I wasn't. You know, I was extremely reticent because. I think, you know, a lot of it was anxiety about being on stage. Um, and then I, I just did it because I got pulled into it. And then, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a big deal <laughs> or like a big fear thing. And then I got over that. So then after that, I started um, doing stand up a little bit uh, and it just kind of snowballed. Oh, and then the other kind of bridge, if you will, from doing it from professionally, you know, from like a hobby to professionally, uh, is I used to be like huge into Toastmasters. So like I, I did it for work, um, you know, to get like the basic presentation consulting skills, executive presence, etc. cetera. Uh, that kind of really eased the way into like stand up and performing. Yeah. And I'm sorry, what was the third piece? <laughs> um, how long have you been doing this? How long has it been? Um, yeah, so I think in earnest, probably three years. Uh, and then performance-wise, probably two and a half years. Or like last year and a half, I've been performing as well. Nice. Um, so what inspires your material? Uh, you know, I, th I think a lot of mine is observational, um, you know, 
like the basics of comedy. I think, I think when you're a writer, you get, you get beaten into your head that you should write what you know. So mm-hmm. the stories are deeply personal. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of, that's kind of how I approach the material. Uh, I've been, you know, I've been having these conversations with people that are also like comics and, you know, like your first five years of being a comic, you're, you're still kind of learning the ropes of like your voice and who you are. Yeah. But I think as a writer, you tend to discover that faster if you're a writer mm-hmm. and what you like to write. So it's kind of easier to write a bunch and then transition upwards uh, because then your stories are personal. You may not know all the efficiencies of doing it, like, you know, how to place a tag, the timing, how to wait for applause, things like that, how to order your set. Um, but I, I do think that, you know, just telling those deeply personal stories that only you can tell, that's like your true voice and POV, that is, that that kind of, I don't want to say makes you skip years in comic years, but uh, definitely progresses you, I think, a lot further than if you're if you're just trying to get up there and get over the stage fright, if you will, right? Like your first two years, you're just getting over that piece, I think. I don't know. My my two cents. <laughs> I don't know how accurate that. that is. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so do you think there's a difference between who you are on stage versus who you're off stage? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think well, I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna say like, you know, which comedians have kind of said this, but yeah, there's definitely like a convergence and divergence <laughs> between who you, the persona that is you on stage and the persona that's off stage mm-hmm. uh, and then when you're first starting out it's it's the same person yeah and then you get good and that person is like way cooler and way like more fearless <laughs> in real life or than the real life you uh and then it kind of converges back again to like you know where you're 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 even like you're just going up there and you're you're hundred percent authentic self. You just have a mic in front of you. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so I, I've heard that theory before. I think, I think it, it holds pretty well, at least for me experientially. Um, yeah. And I also think like, you know, in, well, this is just me talking about societal things. So <laughs> apologies. Um, <clears throat> there is, there's definitely, I think a shift now in like the way we treat and expect our celebrities to be. Um, the authenticity factor just has to be there. Like you look at anybody that's blown up in the last five years, like Jesus and Marrow, and I think that's another reason Cardi B is so popular. It's because they're 100% authentic. Um, what you see is what you get. And I think people are just tired of like the fake kind of Hollywood A-list actors thing. Like they want, you know, they, they want to know like <clears throat> you're struggling with depression, you know, feelings of inadequacy, imposter syndrome, all that stuff. Um, and if you can kind of approach it in a way that says, yeah, I, I also deal with that, uh, but, you know, have a professional spin, like you're not, you're not just a mean jerk <laughs> in interviews or, you know, you're, you're as, as authentic you can be while also being professional. I think that's kind of like the new bar that's been set. So, yeah, I, I try to, I try to be as authentic as I can. Um, you know, I'm, I'm fairly new into writing, so like I'm still discovering my voice. But I think, you know, for me, like when I write, when I write my shows and comedy, they're definitely steeped in like nostalgia and political satire, and that's just kind of where I live. But then on Twitter, like I'm also very like 
people say I have a really quick wit. So, I know, um, so yeah, <laughs> so, yeah I, I try to kind of merge it into like an overall, God, I hate saying this, like an overall brand, if you will, but it, it, it's true, it exists. Uh, yeah, I try to merge it into that, but uh, yeah, I, you know, I don't know, like if I had to tell myself like three years ago, like just just be as authentic, people love that. Like, I don't, I don't know anybody that loves like, a fake celebrity anymore like they're all gone like those well the celebrities are kind of gone (laughs) so uh yeah uh rest in peace for those that are gone but also like the the fans have aged a little right and they're they're not as vocal and active and they're not you know I don't see any 80 year olds buying (laughs) buying like records anymore (laughs) of their like and it's not like even the artists may even put them out but yeah I think I think if you can move towards that direction, you'll you'll just be in a much stronger place, and that's that's kind of like the that's kind of the conceit of you know how celebrity works in this country is like it changes every twenty to thirty years. Like it used to be, you had to be you had to work in theater in the fifties, right? Be just smoldering hot or like have like an animalistic intensity. You also had to dance. No one talks about this, but you like if you had to be a comedian, you had to learn how to dance. <laughs> Right? Like, I mean, it's still true for Bollywood, but it's it's not true for like American comedians anymore. But like back in the 50s, you, you had to shake a leg. Um, so like, you know, our nature of how we deal and treat celebrities changes, I think, every 30 years. So um, I'm trying, I think everybody's acclimating to that kind of paradigm shift now. God, mm-hmm. I feel so bad. I'm sorry I said paradigm shift on a comedy show. <laughs> what do you Um, I mean am I way off base here do you also feel that way or yeah yeah definitely I think the world is changing it's constantly changing how we looked at you know as you mentioned celebrities how we looked at social media has definitely changed like I work in marketing and social media so like it's so interesting to see like what's trending today may not be trending tomorrow and it's completely new new things are happening every single day and you have to keep up with it celebrities also keep up with it. people in general have to keep up with it yeah you, you'll get caught flat-footed because somebody will ask you something yes. and I guarantee you if you're not if you hadn't read it the first question is you know why why aren't you aware of this yes right <laughs> you, yes. You, you know you have social media you have a million followers. How, how are you not on social media or how have yes. you not heard of this and can we have your opinion please so I think that lends itself to being authentic if you're your authentic self every time uh, you don't have to have like a formulaic PR response for everything. Like you can just be yourself and have that opinion and it kind of carries across through the news cycle. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree. So kind of going back into comedy, you are based in Chicago. What is the scene like in Chicago? What's the vibe like? What are your favorite places which you have performed at? Um, yeah, so like our, I always call our city like a very blue collar comedy town. Um, and we, we always, I don't, I don't know how many people make this joke, but like, there's definitely an atmosphere that Chicago was like comedy college for so many comedians. Like you, mm-hmm. you graduate college and then you come and, you know, you work 
and you do you do improv at one of the big three theaters or you do stand up and then you move to LA or New York so it's like very much like a comedy campus where you can like pick and choose from the various places of course you know we we definitely made our bones in improv which is which is it's such a it's such a weird art form that's so like I know it wasn't invented in Chicago uh, it kind of was maybe at the University of Chicago a little bit but it's it's such a weird place that I don't think would exist in like LA or New York. Like they took it from here and then they moved it to New York through UCB in LA. Um, but it, yeah, it's very, I would say the, the comedy has to be very good. Uh, you, you don't have, you don't have like a lot of the LA frills of comedy. And I think what I mean, like there's, there's not a ton, there's some spectacle involved, but it's not like all spectacle. Whereas I think in New York, maybe you get away with a little bit of that outside of the stand-up shows, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's definitely our unique thing. And then, uh, yeah, the the scene now, I mean, COVID's kind of upended everything. I think all three of the major, you know, schools have shut down as long, you know, along with their theaters. So, you know, we still have, we still have a burgeoning kind of stand-up scene. Um, those I think are slowly opening back up or they'll be open back up this weekend and headliners are already starting to tour um, <clears throat> those, you know, those comic venues. Uh, as far as like, there's a, a little bit of an alt scene, uh, but they're very small theaters. Like you can, you can like run one person, you know, one person shows at them. Like you could, it's, it's a mixed bag. So there's, there's definitely, and there's a good melting pot too, because we have like the regular Chicago theater community. Uh, We have a little bit of production now that Dick Wolf shoots like eight shows here or whatever, whatever his latest number is Um, along with other Hollywood productions. Uh, Yeah. So like the comedy scene is very fertile, um, but man, you keep asking me this and I keep going into like conspiracy theories (laughs) and like taking it off track. So I apologize. No, no Um, But part of, part of the, part of the thing about Chicago is that like, you know, one of the reasons you have to move to New York and LA is because we don't have like the infrastructure to support actual like production, like production Mm -hmm. and writing in Chicago. So like we'll write shows and you can go in second city and like, you know, host a show, produce a show there. Um, but a lot of writer rooms aren't in Chicago, right? So even Dick Wolf, like, I think his shows, like, uh, the writer's rooms are now Zoom, but before they used to be in LA, and then they get shot here. So we don't have the infrastructure in place. Um, We don't have sellers, right? So we don't have, like, Netflix offices here in Chicago, which actually buy shows, right, or YouTube, or whoever's buying the streamers. Um, We don't, we have agencies, but not you know, not a huge presence. Um, And then the other thing is the financing infrastructure. Like people, people kind of don't under, I won't say they under, don't understand, but they kind of underestimate the importance of having the financial uh, backbone to kind of produce the show. So if you, if you sell a show um, in New York or LA and you get, you know, they say, okay, set up your production company. Here's like a, five million dollars per episode set it up we'll cut you a check well that that drawdown check that comes from the bank like 
the major banks that do that kind of funding and lending don't uh, don't have offices. Like they have global offices in every city, but they don't have like those bankers that give you the checks and the drawdown and they understand film financing and TV show financing. They don't exist in Chicago. So again, the, the financial infrastructure is in New York and LA. So how would you, you know, so I think that's, that's probably one of the reasons why Chicago like feels like comedy college, I would say, but the scene is great. If you, if you need to learn um, to get your, make your bones here, this is, this is the perfect town. It's also ultimately very livable (laughs) cost of living wise compared to New York and LA. Yes, for sure. Um, So what are your hopes, your dreams, future for comedy? Wow. Um, the big question. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, th- no conspiracy theory. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think one, one, I would want to make things that really move people. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think there's definitely, there's definitely a, a number of things that I want to see that haven't been produced on American media that I would like a hand in producing and writing. Um, <clears throat> I think short-term goal is probably just, you know, get a staff writing gig if possible, um, you know, on a show. If not, uh, maybe, you know, maybe write a couple documentaries, movies and see, hope they sell. <laughs> um, may- maybe do a couple shorts, right? Uh, if, you know, foregoing that option. Uh, and then I think, you know, ultimately long-term is, is really, is really just building like that authentic comedy brand, if you will, and just being able to export it. Like I, I, you know, I'm one of those people that I, I feel like I have a bit of avarice in me and I just, I want, and I want, and I want, and, you know, I've always analyzed it you know, is it, is it really for me or do I, do I want it so I can give it away and help people, right? Like I really, I really enjoy helping people. Um, so, you know, I think Kevin Hart's a good example where like, you know, he, and Tiffany Haddish where they like, they highlight, you know, up and coming comedians, mm-hmm. uh, they produce their specials, etc. cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that would, that would be like a model I would like to emulate. Um, you know, if I could be, you know, if I could have like a billion dollars in box office receipts, that'd be, that'd be great too. <laughs> say <laughs> no to that. Right. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, just, I think so much of it is built around. Um, I, I absolutely have a voice and a distinct point of view that I need to share with the world. And if, if I don't, um, it, it eats me up inside. So like, that's, that's kind of like that urge to perform, to create kind of, and also to collaborate. Like I've, you know, since I met you and like, you know, our, our commune, <laughs> shout out to the group chat in here. Um, since I, since I've met uh, our lovely uh, commune. Uh, yeah. I think the opportunities for collaboration has been immense, right? Like we've, yes. Yes. we've done a ton of stuff out of it. Um <clears throat> So yeah, I, I genuinely like collaboration. So I think I, I can't put a number on it, but I just want more because then I can give away more and do more with all my friends and people I like. Yay. I love that. <laughs> Sorry. All my, all my responses are a bit nebulous. 
I feel like no, no, you're doing great. Um, my last question for you is what advice do you have for future comics or something you wish someone told you when you first started out doing comedy? Oh man. Uh, <laughs> I was just thinking about this the other day. Uh, overall general comedy advice is, you know, if you're a writer, just keep writing, like mm-hmm. write as much as you can. Don't worry. Like <clears throat> your, your first two years, you probably won't be that good. It just, it, it just, to be, to be frank, you, you need like the volume of work to kind of get through to like understand, you know, what it takes. Uh, so you can recognize the good from the bad. Like you, you see it on TV, uh, but then there's like a discrepancy between, you know, seeing it uh, being produced and what that kind of comedy is and what you're able to write. And you close that gap, I think, in about two years just through voluminous work. And the second is... Um, there's no like one path. I think a lot of folks have like this idea that you're gonna, you're gonna get, you know, you're out of college and then you move to Chicago, uh, you get onto like an improv group, uh, and then you get picked up for something in New York and LA. And that's, that's honestly a very small percentage of people. Um, and I, I would just say that there's multiple ways of kind of dealing with that. Sometimes you get, sometimes you get, um, you go through these kind of winding things where like you have to take a job right after college, right? To put food on the table and you do comedy as a hobby. Um, (laughs) Yeah, a lot of people have done that. There's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with that, right? Um, Nothing wrong with holding it down a day job. Uh, Yeah, and then the other kind of big piece of advice I would have is, you know, in your 20s, you are really understanding who you are as a person, right? Mm-hmm. Um, your likes, your dislikes, uh, who, you know, who you, who you en- whose company you enjoy working with. Um, the other thing I would say is, you know, not only that, but like your specific voice, your point of view, all that kind of like gels together in your late 20s, mid 20s. And 30s is like when you really kind of know who you are. And because of that, like, don't be in a hurry to like, be super successful and famous, because you're still going to go through all those learnings (laughs) in your 20s, uh, just now in the public eye. (laughs) So if you have success later on, you know, <clears throat> that doesn't mean you're not good. It just means that like y- you went through your path a different way. So yeah, I would say like, you know, you don't have to be like a movie star at 26, 27. Um, you're going to make mistakes along the way. And maybe, maybe it's better for you to like know who you are. I mean, I think that's honestly one of the reasons why people get um, caught up in like the lifestyle a little bit. Right. Uh it's it's very difficult when you hang out with a bunch of comics and then you're in the green room and then everybody's like oh hang out and you're like no if I hang out then I can't work out tomorrow I, you know I'm gonna feel bad like I can't like drink with you till four in the morning or you know what, whatever it is right uh, so yeah uh, you you start learning how to put up those boundaries uh, learn what makes you you know what makes you you so I yeah I start later if you need to right? Like start getting, maybe start at 27, 28, get like the foundation of, you know, a good life going, knowing who you are, and then start comedy. Like you don't have to 
there's there's no pressure to be like an A-lister like three years, four years out of college. Yeah. I definitely agree with this fantastic advice. <laughs> so, hurry up and wait, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I mean, I don't know. You're you're fairly you're younger than me. So what's what's been your experience so far? Like trying to navigate that like right out of school? It's been interesting, especially like I had thought like if the pandemic was not a thing, I would be outperforming out in the DC scene and trying to build up my cred and get better Mm -hmm. Um, versus like just doing college comedy, which is what I was used to all my time in college. Mm -hmm. Um, But and like, since the pandemic is saying it's, I'm hardly getting booked. I'm hardly like doing this, like performing wise. And I realized how much I loved performing but I like the production side more of things and like I'm learning that more and I realize uh-huh. I do like behind the scenes more than sometimes being in the spotlight but I still like the spotlight and being having all the attention on me um, <laughs> in a measured way like draw attention to yourself but in a positive measured way yeah <laughs> well that's cool yeah I I mean I think you're a fantastic producer so I've definitely Thank you. seen seen that bear out um yeah I, that, that you know the other piece of advice is a lot of people think that there's only one kind of position in comedy and it doesn't okay. like you can be a writer you can be a producer multi-hyphenate of course but you know some people like producing better and it's just yeah yeah, yeah it's definitely it's it's interesting right we'll see what the future holds but just taking it one day at a time <laughs> Well, I know you'll be successful based Thank based you. on what I've seen so far. So I don't. Thank you. It's very sweet. No doubt in my mind. Re- remember us when you're up at the top. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. You know, the the other thing I was going to say, um, you know, apart from apart from doing comedy, is do other things that like really really move you. I think you know people get people think that like you can only have one hobby and it's like, no, you can have multiple. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I a hundred percent agree with that advice. Yeah. I've seen like, you know, my, my friend, my best friend growing up, Brian, he had, he had a ton of projects, but he was very consistent on gardening. Like that was his like thing. And then, you know, like he had hobbies that he went in and out of, but gardening was very consistent for him and he he loves it to this day but and I honestly think it's like made him you know it brings him joy so why not do it like even if you're if you're like a computer programmer or whatever you're not isolated to liking three things what a a tragic life that is if you you only like three things (laughs) yeah definitely that would definitely suck um fantastic advice Thank you so much for doing this. It was so nice to have a nice conversation with you beyond Twitter. <laughs> beyond LOLs and likes, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- well, thank you for having me on. I uh, really appreciate it. And again, I-, I can't say enough good things about you know your work ethic, all the stuff I've seen you do. Uh, your sense of humor is so sharp. I love it. <laughs> thank you. So sweet. <laughs> You really are, really are. And like you've you've actually by watching you, I've learned a little bit on how to act on social media. Really? Yeah. Yeah, for real. I like Wow. You know, 
Well, a lot of people do this thing where they like do only their successes, but you're very like open about like, you know, yeah. some of the, some of the setbacks you've had and, you know, mm-hmm. it may seem obvious like, oh yeah, do that. But you know, most people don't like, it takes a lot of courage to post, you know, something that's, that didn't go your way. Yeah, no, for sure. I think it's one of the things I learned while being a, a journalist um, was be open, you know, connect with the people, the good and the bad. And I was like, okay, things aren't that good. Let me post about the bad. Let me share my story for the world. And that just, I don't know how I just got more engaged in that way. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, that's the way to do it.